States. Now it is only for cargo, but until 1973, people stopped there for a 10-minute or so brief break on their journey, just enough time to grab a bite at the lunch counter. Maybe just enough time for a sandwich and a cup of coffee before you needed to get back on the train because nobody was coming to North Platte. It was just a stop along the way, a break in the middle. But from Christmas of 1941 until April 1st, 1946, trains of American soldiers heading to war stopped in North Platte for those 10 minutes. It was just a break in the middle just one of many stops they would make along their way to destinations unknown. Except that North Platte was not like all those other stops. Because from Christmas Day of 1941 until April 1st, 1946, every single troop train that stopped in North Platte was met by volunteers who set up a free canteen at that lunch counter. Primarily women from all over the area, small towns all over the place, provided sandwiches and cold milk, coffee, a piece of pie, cakes, cookies, fruits, magazines, and because it was a different time, cigarettes, anything they could find. The people of North Platte had decided on Christmas Day of 1941 that no troop train would stop in their town without being met by a real person. And so over those some five some years, somebody met those trains every single one, every single time, day and night. 55,000 volunteers from 125 small towns met, met those trains. By the time they closed up shop in 1946, they had met and fed and shaken hands with over 6 million service members. You can read about this true story in a book called Once Upon a Town by journalist Bob Green. I read it a few months ago. <clears throat> I had borrowed it from my in-laws. What struck me most about the story were the vivid memories of the veterans that Bob Green interviewed, how important that brief 10-minute stop was to them. So important that in the midst of war, horror, and fear, and the very real possibility of their own deaths, soldiers would regularly turn to each other and whisper, were you ever in North Platte? Wouldn't you love to have one of those sandwiches? Sixty years later, soldiers still remembered every minute detail of that 10-minute stop. The welcome, the weather, what people were wearing, the taste of the food. Sixty years later, they would still cry talking about it. That moment in the middle of everything meant everything to them. Something about those 10 minutes lasted forever. Every year on this Sunday that we move from Epiphany to Lent, we read this same story, the story of Jesus' transfiguration on a mountaintop. When Jesus and his disciples on their way to Jerusalem make this stop, and Jesus, out of nowhere, begins to shine like the sun. The whole thing lasts only a few minutes, maybe ten minutes at the most. But it sticks with the people who were there. They don't understand it. They're not sure what it means. They can't decide if they want to build a tent and stay there forever, or get out as fast as possible. But that moment matters so much in the middle of this journey that we are still telling this story 
almost exactly the same way all these years later. Often when we read and think and preach about the story, we, we focus on the mountaintop part. Sometimes we even ask if you might, in your life, have had something you would identify as a mountaintop moment, a brief, glorious glimpse of the beauty and the, the holiness of God. And maybe you have had a bright, unexpected shot of divinity that catches you off guard and fuels you up and sticks with you, maybe for a lifetime. That's certainly one way to think of the story. But I wonder if sometimes focusing on the mountaintop keeps us from remembering something else about this story, which is that as it was happening the first time around, it wasn't really a mountaintop moment. It wasn't this clearly, wholly obvious, understandable experience with a meaning that they could take home and explain. It was confusing and messy, and it left everybody involved a little disoriented. It was just another moment in the middle of a very long, strange journey with Jesus. We tend to think this moment is holy because it was so unusual. But I wonder if the holiness of it might be something else instead. As you may know, the word holy means set apart. And I think that's how we think of holiness most of the time, that it's different from ordinary life. It's moments that are completely apart from what we usually experience. So think of a moment that you might call holy in your life. Think about what it was like. Who was with you? What, what, what did you experience? How long did it last? I'll make an educated guess that most of us, if we have a moment like that, that we would identify as holy, most of us are thinking of brief and unusual experiences that were unlike most of our ordinary days. They were a break from the middle. Jesus and his friends were not really headed for the mountain. The mountain just happened to be in the middle of their journey. They were going to Jerusalem. We, of course, are watching their story knowing the end of it. But they are still in the middle of everything, not sure where any of this is going to go. The holiness of the middle. I wonder if that's the thing we often overlook in this story. The middle can be a hard place. For you're not where you once were, but you're also not where you think you might end up. And yet most of our lives is lived like that, some place in the middle, in the in-between places. You lose track in your life of how many times you find a bend that goes around the corner and you wonder what's going to happen when you take that first step. Most of us will find ourselves wishing, maybe even praying at some point for an escape from the middle. For something. For clarity, for a road map. For the right words to say in the moment we need them. 
for the right decision to make when it's time to make one, to do the right thing when all the choices in front of us are less than ideal. And we might be tempted to think if we could just get ourselves to a mountaintop, we'd have a better view. We could see better. We'd understand more. We'd be better. Maybe if God would take us to the mountaintop and give us some answers or directions or a nudge to the right path, we would be okay. But most of our lives is someplace in between. Not always in the valley, but not always on the mountain either. We're there as individuals in our own lives, but we're there in other ways too. Relationships spend lots of time in those in-between places. Maybe feelings have been hurt, but conversations are hard to have, and nobody quite knows where they stand. Parenting, in my limited experience, is all about the middle. Doing your best without much idea of whether what you're doing is going to end up okay, when the truth is there really is no end anyway. Families shift and grow and change and break and make mistakes and forgive. And just when you think you finally got it figured out, you look around and realize everybody grew up and everything's different now. And it's like starting over again. Our churches yearn for justice and gospel and true welcome. And churches are full of humans. And humans fail. And our best intentions fall by the side. And our country certainly seems to be in a very messy middle place. Full of divisions and fractures and injustices and questions. Truths we thought we had kept hidden. Bursting out from tombs we thought we had shut forever. A quick glance at the transfiguration might tempt us to think that our job is to get ourselves up to a mountaintop and escape the messiness, get out of the middle, find that shining spot of clarity, get some directions on what we're supposed to do. But even though Jesus does go to a mountaintop, did you notice what God says to him? There's no directions. There's not a list of things to do. There's no roadmap. What Jesus hears very clearly with no doubt from the voice of God on the mountaintop isn't what he should do, but who he is. You are my son, the chosen one. And more than light that shines from his skin, which lasts just a second, more than the confusion of the disciples, which lasts a little longer, more than what looks like the obvious holiness of this moment, it's the reminder of Jesus' identity that matters most. Isn't that, after all, what those soldiers really found in North Platte, Nebraska? Not just a lunch, a friendly face, a handshake, a cup of coffee. But a reminder that they were seen. 
that somebody was waiting for them, that they were known and loved. They were more than a number, one among millions being sent away to war. Isn't that what we all need in the middle when things are very unclear? To hear in no uncertain terms that we are children of God. A proclamation, a bright spot of holiness to drench us in the glory of a God who created us to be people who do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with our God. We might think the story tells us to get ourselves to the mountaintop, but what this story says instead is that God is determined to come down and find us in the middle, no matter where we are, and say that same thing to us. You are my child. You are loved. And your job is not to escape from the middle. My job, says God, is to come and find you. That is the promise of this day, that God is waiting for us in the middle and has been all along. Thanks be to God. Amen.